This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Corridor Cast. You guys may have thought that we stopped doing podcasts, but that is untrue. We just got busy making other videos, and now we're back. Mm. It's good to be back. How are you guys feeling? Good. Wonderful. So the whole day color grading. I feel wonderful. Ooh. And uh, by the way, these are dropping tomorrow. We got these little little doohickeys, these little These trinkets. Yeah, we've got these wares. We got these sick... Sweatshirts with a sick design on the back. Yeah, remember the remember the shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> well, we got this artist <laughs> to make us another sick D and D style uh, illustration. So anyway, we're yeah. all super excited about these. The I prints came out great. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, yeah, um, they're dropping tomorrow. I can't wait to wear these. I we had, I really wanted these shirts, so I convinced Jake to stock all of them so I can get one of each. We stocked every single one. Our first tie dye shirt. Yeah, actually. Wear this to the Ren Fair and be a cool man. Yeah. Or woman. <laughs> or, and I'm still sporting that green hoodie with the, the yeah, psychedelic logo great. in front. Yeah, I yeah. love that we'll one. Should do That's another one, one of our of most popular hoodies ever made. Uh, but wow, what a what a month it's been since we've been on the podcast, and uh, it's been busy. We got a lot of good uh, a lot of good topics today. Apparently, we're going to the moon. We're never coming back. <laughs> like not we us, are. not not yeah. uh, not us. Literally at this table. No, la- really? uh, la- last week NASA released a video sa- that was titled "We Are Going," and all it says is that we're going to the moon by 2024 to stay with a new system called the Space Launch System, uh, which is designed to uh, do all kinds of things, but basically to use the moon as a jumping-off point for humanity. Uh, creating a repeatable strategy to allow for future exploration onto Mars and the rest of the solar system. So uh, my main question is, like, is this actually going to happen? Because it's got 10 million views on YouTube, and anytime that happens, I feel like... <laughs> Coney 2012. So they're going to drop a mar- like a moon base down? I'll believe it. Yeah, they're going to have an orbiting... It's going to have an <clears throat> orbiting um, launch platform that orbits around the moon... And then um, from there, they're going to be able to do multiple missions back and forth to the surface. Uh, and then basically this model, they, they're going to want to use this, this model of doing the exploration this way to uh, use that basically for Mars and, and further out into the solar system. That's feel, the idea. I feel like we see one of these videos every time a new president comes into office. Like George W. Bush said he'd be on the moon by uh, 2020. Clearly, that's not happening. Did I guess really we have six though? months. Wait, yes, Christian, Christian, can you go back a few frames? That guy had a helmet on. Uh, keep going back. And there, right there. 
Yeah, this guy coming up. Look at his helmet. What's it up says with this helmet? Paul. <laughs> <laughs> That's Paul's helmet, man. Down here. <laughs> Paul's down here, guys. But they've actually, NASA's kind of said we're going to the moon multiple times, and they've made multiple videos like this, and nothing quite happens. I mean, we went once, twice. How many times did we go, Ren? You know these like facts. six or seven times. Yeah. Okay. But it's important to note that, especially for this right now, this isn't exactly NASA's fault for us not getting there. It's, it's Congress not funding it. Right, like, exactly. hey, you should do all this extra stuff, and it's going to cost a crap ton of money. And they're like, cool. All right, where's the money? And they're like, oh, sorry, we're not going to actually give it to you. About that. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, so is this, is this actually like a NASA piece, or is this rather... This is a Trump current, thing right now. It's, yeah, it's, and it's, it's awesome. A, it's I support administration this. making this. But like, I mean, it's published I, on the NASA YouTube page. Unless well, yeah. NASA's budget gets a considerable bump, this the chances of this are low. Do you think the president gets the YouTube passwords to all the government YouTube channels? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's part of like the football that they carry around? It's just one <laughs> it's nuclear just one password. That's funny. You know, the nuclear code for a while was zero 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 one. I did hear that. Yeah. yeah. For like a yeah. solid like eight years. See, the trick of that one is you have to remember how many zeros it is. <laughs> That's true. No, because there's <laughs> like... They should use LastPass. There, <laughs> there are people that are arguing like in the case of nuclear war, you don't want a complicated password. You want it to be easy to launch a nuclear missile. And other people are like, you're freaking nuts. And I would agree with them. You don't want it to be easy to launch a nuclear missile. Also... I feel like that's the point. You should not have it be easy. It should be very yeah. hard. But there's a whole period of time where they're like, okay, well, uh, at some point we'll reset the default password, but it's currently 0000. So not my job to reset it. And that's what it was for a long time. Also, did you know? How did you? Who, wow, this how is did just that happen? City. So Chernobyl came out in HBO. I and saw I've been it. doing, a, every time I watch an episode, I spend about an hour afterwards reading Wikipedia. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's so I good. gotta watch this show. It's really good. How I, you, I, how I, you guys? I, I saw I, the first episode last night and it completely blew my mind. It's, like earth shatteringly, like d- d- there's so much doom. It's in so it. haunting. Really? It's haunting and doomish, like whatever you'd describe it like that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was blown by incredible. the sheer amount of denial going on, like in the moment. Yeah, really? it's like, like just ignoring facts in your face, and it's like, it's all like, right, imagine a whole the whole city <laughs> pretended it wasn't happening in front of them. As it's happening. As it's happening. Like guys are picking up like blocks of uh, radioactive carbon and stuff. Graphite. Yeah. Graphite. Yeah. And just like, oh. And then he like he puts it down and kind of like shakes his hands like, oh, my hand's kind of numb. He'd be dead in like an hour after that. He was. Oh, my well, God. Actually, actually. Basically, basically. I love where this is going because I'm really into Chernola right now. I'm going to drop some facts on you guys. First off, radioactive, radioactive poisoning doesn't kill you right away. Instead, it destroys your DNA. Mm-hmm. Your cells can't replicate. And therefore, your body dies cell by cell over the next two to six weeks. Wait, 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 but wait, he, wait, wait, wait. That level, un- though, that intense level, though, actually does start breaking down the cells, and uh, you get a hemorrhaging, internal hemorrhaging, and that's how you die if you if you reach a certain threshold of radiation. Right, it destroys your DNA. Yeah. So, the, what does that even mean? So, like, the radioactivity is shooting out little bits of atoms. And the atoms are flying through your body like little bullets, as they would say in the show. Yeah. And those little bullets literally destroy your DNA. I mean, your cell isn't just like takes an your atom. DNA and it rips it apart. Because your, your DNA is basically on the molecular Shoots structure. Little bullets through your DNA strand. It's like yeah. each cell, mm-hmm. when hit with radiation, is like getting a, a vasectomy. Essentially, right. that right. cell can no longer reproduce, mm. mm-hmm. and it's it's still fine for now, ish. Um, until like the radiation week. gets intense and actually starts killing all the internal organs of each cell, but it's like, yeah. I mean, but the guy picking up that graphite block in his hand, like falling apart, like five minutes later, that's for dramatic effect. 
Was Radiation. It though, I've was read it? up. I read. Okay. I actually researched okay. this. It's one of the things I spent on my Wikipedia hole afterwards. Okay. That's for dramatic effect. But the sunburn is real. Yeah. Cells yeah. have organs. Huh? Hmm? Cells have organs. Yeah. Organelles. I mean, like. I need Jake to do some. I need to do some biology <laughs> research because I. They're called organelles. What, what, what's the powerhouse of the cell? The mitochondria. The mitochondria? It's not <laughs> actually a powerhouse of the cell. Because my <laughs> biology teacher was also my track coach, <laughs> and that's how that worked. But um. <laughs> But it's crazy. So, like, as you guys keep watching, the makeup, by the way, for these people dying of radiation sickness is so well done. It's so, so awful. Um, yeah, but, I'm only two episodes in. I still have yet to see the third one. Like, everybody talks about these days, like, especially, like, if you're reading, like, on Reddit or something like that, people are like, yeah, nuclear power. It's not a big deal. Why does everybody protest it? It's so safe. And Such like, a smart solution. It's like, yeah, it does seem safe. Like, even in the biggest accidents, like, in Chernobyl... Only 28 people died from radiation exposure. That's not that bad. Well, I guess there's some people that got cancer afterwards. Like, and that's the worst accident in history. Why are why is everybody protesting nuclear react like nuclear power? Especially considering how many people die in coal mining accidents. You know that dwarfs the number of people that die from radioactivity. And then you watch Chernobyl and you go, oh, that was far, it went far, far, far better than it had any right to. Because the real reality of Chernobyl is that they could have wiped out all of Eastern Europe. Because if that radioactive uh, meltdown fell into the groundwater, it would have wiped out the entire river system, which would have wiped out all the farmland, and they would have to have relocated millions of people. And, like, yeah, just, it would have been bad. We would have been lost an entire portion of a continent if that got messed up so any further. when a meltdown happens, that's basically the, the people that are running the reaction are unable to control it. So the reaction is just continuing without them being able to do anything. Right. right? Is that correct? So a nuclear reactor works by having fuel rods, which are a radioactive element. And those the uranium fuel rods here are basically shooting out little particles. Um, and... What happens is if you contain that enough, those little particles come back and hit other uranium elements, and they keep splitting, and you get fission, nuclear fission. And that creates heat. You use that heat to turn water into steam, and then you spin a turbine with that steam. Now, these graphite rods that they have, um, well, actually, they're not graphite rods. They're uh, boron. Graphite's what causes the, the reaction to go up because it bounces the, the pieces back and forth more and makes the, it basically contains the reaction. Boron absorbs it. And so that's how you control it. So, like, let's say it's getting too hot. You drop some boron in there around these uranium rods, and that absorbs these particles and doesn't let them bounce back and kick off more little uranium bits. It doesn't cause more fission. Mm. Now, they were testing what would happen if we need to... Whoops, my microphone went weird. Yeah. Um, They're te- they saying, okay, what would happen if we have, like, uh, we lose power or something like that? Like, they're testing out um, having to drop the control rods and stuff like that. I'm like, okay. So what's going to happen is we're going to start to lose power. When that happens, we're going to start to lose some coolant, <clears throat> and that's all to be expected. And so when that happens, we're going to drop in the control rods, which will prevent the reaction from going crazy. Now, what they hadn't anticipated is on the ends of those control rods, they had graphite, um, which is what they used to make the reaction go higher. And that's, that was for efficiency, because when the cold control rods aren't in the reactor, they still want that graphite there on the ends to help the reaction go. And so they're going through this test, and the thing starts to power down as planned. They switch over to the generators, keep the turbine spinning as planned. It's like, okay, now we're going to have the power spike. Cool, that's normal. <clears throat> All right, now we got to drop the control rods. And they did that. But the problem is that graphite tips in the control rods. As the control rods started to drop, the graphite tips caused a spike because the graphite tips went in first. Mm-hmm. And it spiked, and it spiked really high. It spiked to the point where the power output of that, like, that second was the power output of the entire state of New York for one year. <laughs> and then when that happened, Holy crap. the control rods cracked. And when the control rods cracked, 
they couldn't go down any further. Right. And then we went from there and it got real messy. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a lot easier solution would be just to build a dam and send some water through a dam. But then what to do you move some turbines? What about all the people down river who suddenly lose their water? I mean, it's better than drinking poison. Because you, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Now, a, a the modern still design flows. for a nuclear reactor is not nearly as dangerous as a Soviet era RPK reactor. But right. yeah, they really messed that one up. And everyone's like, well, "Tell me, how does our RPK reactor explode?" And I was like, "I have no idea." But it did. Dang. Well, sounds like I got to watch this. It's, it's a good really show. good. It's, it's really good haunting. Show. I've been meaning to watch the third episode for days now. So yeah. do you guys think we'll we'll go to the moon to stay by 2024? <laughs> oh, we'll put a nuclear power plant I really up there. Hope so. I doubt it. I really hope That's so. only 4 years it's from now. Happening. That seems like There's no way it's happening in 4 years. Seems, I'm sorry. That seems unreasonable. I love space as much as everybody but here, else. I mean, to a certain degree a lot of that is just to get the ball moving even if it's not like you you set these really ambitious goalposts so that you can get your butt in gear even if you know like in the back of your head you're not actually going to finish on time. Yeah. But Without like that goalpost, I mean, right? Yeah, it's like without that, you may not have been nearly as far by the end of it. How many of you guys thought the space shuttles were cool back in the day? The space shuttles are cool. Special. Yeah, everybody space thought space shuttles were cool. Yeah, right? They are cool. Well, so. <laughs> did you know they're not? <laughs> apparently, <laughs> like their space shuttles are an example of like designed by committee where they can't do anything well, and they're like really expensive. And you know, two of them blew up. Yeah, right. That's true. The the Challenger blew up, and the was it the Columbia on reentry fell apart. So, how would you design a space shuttle? You, the thing is, they wanted to make it like this plane that like could fly back in, but making it a plane made it not a very good rocket. And like to leave the atmosphere, you need a good rocket, mm-hmm. and you don't really need a plane to get back into the atmosphere. So, this whole idea of being a reusable like space plane thing didn't work at all, and you just had a really poorly designed rocket. Well, instead. that's what they were. What they were trying to do was just. To do the reusability aspect, like, oh, yeah. it would be cheaper if we're able to send it up, fly it back down, then we could just fly it up again. But the problem is that they had all the uh, fixes they would have to do every time it landed ended up costing, like, something like $1 to $2 billion <laughs> every single time it landed. And it's like, at that price, we could have just built a whole nother shuttle. So what are they doing these days? <laughs> they, they, they don't they, have they anything. They discontinued the shuttle program years ago. There's no like way. Like, years ago. So yeah. it's SpaceX with their rockets that are landing right now. That's there's, the future. There's no way for America to get an astronaut into space right now on our own. We really? don't have a way to get anybody into space. That does not seem like we send our astronauts to Russia for a country and Russia that blows for them a up country that prides itself <laughs> on defense. That seems like a very poor defense strategy. Yeah. Well, well no, we're working on ways. I we, mean, the United States government can't put a man in space right now. They can't. No. We have zero ways to put anybody into space. Oh my god, they're working on it. Well, that's, that the, doesn't. That's not an that answer. Video though. into context. <laughs> that's like that guys. There's a war. We need guns. <laughs> really uh, we get them from the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what do we do? This, this, the stakes aren't quite as high as what of, I think you're making. Of course, <laughs> like, of course, there but. already is like space agencies that have a, a workflow for us to get astronauts into space. We've been doing it for decades now. It's not really a problem. It's just expensive. So NASA is exploring alternate possibilities through uh, Boeing and SpaceX to send astronauts to space. And right now, SpaceX is going to be probably the first one to do it. They had a test um, to send. Their, their dragon capsule into space that's going to carry astronauts, but it blew up in a test like a few weeks ago, Ooh. and they haven't really explained what happened Oh, really? Yet. So I didn't hear about that's that. That's delayed 
everything for the rest of the year. So we're not going to... The goal was that we're going to be actually putting astronauts in the space. So if the there's an the emergency, just hear me out on this hypothetical. There's an emergency. We need to put a man in space. We can't go to the Russians or whoever else can put people in space currently. We need to do it. Mm-hmm. So they call Elon Musk and they're like, dude, we need to put a man in space now. And he goes, well, the last pod that I had Wait, was just, this a just blew up. The test launch, and then they're like, "We're willing to take the chances." <laughs> <laughs> what about the prototype? <laughs> but this, I mean, it's all just risk analysis, right? It's like right now, uh, NASA has such a huge high threshold uh, for like or lowering for risk to make sure that you know there's triple and quadruple redundancies so that nothing will blow up. Right. Uh, it wasn't even a test launch. It, they, I think they're doing a, a test static fire of some of the engines on the thing, and it and then some sort of detonation happened and. At least I haven't heard any explanation for it yet. Because hmm. when you were at your birthday, they did the capsule test launch. Was that it? Yeah. That was a good launch. That one worked out. Yeah. Except they lost the main engine on the way back. It didn't land correctly. I mean, that's just a, that's just a SpaceX thing where they're trying to land the rockets, and one of the three didn't land. Yeah, I don't remember. Honestly, I don't really remember. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> that would have been early March. That would have been like the very beginning of March. But I think Sam summed it up well. Um, if we currently don't have a way to get anybody into space in four years, probably not going to be on the moon. Yeah, <laughs> that supports that statement. Yeah. Right now they're trying to use what NASA's rocket system is right now is called the SLS system. Yeah. A big, basically just a big-ass rocket, right? And it's unfortunately incredibly expensive because I think you kind of mentioned that there's all these different factors, all these different companies in play with middlemen, and everyone's trying to make a profit, so that kind of blooms the the price of all these things and delays and it's just like it's it's already way behind schedule and way over budget. Yeah. And this is still what NASA's like, we're still gonna be using this. Hmm. Yeah. And there's Elon Musk advantage. with his rockets that can land after they take off. <sighs> yep. No, NASA is working with SpaceX with, with their rockets. It's like NASA's a big fan. We'll get there, oh, guys. I'm a big fan, too. All right, let's go to something <laughs> that's actually happening by 2024. <laughs> that's Mike Diva's new... Lonely Island Unauthorized Bash Brothers Experience. Guys, this just dropped. Our buddy Mike Diva directed it. This Peter, dropped today. Peter yeah. France worked on the effects. Our buddy... Uh, Peter 42. Yeah. Um, who else worked on the effects? Mega Steak Man. Yeah. Kyle Kyle Ethan Chancer. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Who you might remember from our Node uh, cabin videos, Big Bear videos. So this is pretty great because you got Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire. The Bash Brothers. Yeah, a.k.a. the Bash Bros. Doing a series of six music videos. <laughs> wait, wait, these are... I wondered like, if they got they... authorization from the Athletic. No, they uh, did not. The, the Oakland days. They did not. Are they parodying actual baseball players? Yes. yes. So in the early 90s, the Bash Brothers uh, was, a, was a duo, in case you guys were born after 1990. Uh, <laughs> Practically. Jose Canseco and Mark baseball. McGuire. Or yeah. didn't baseball. Um, they they had this thing where... <laughs> who, who can do it? Can anyone do it? I can do it. There you go. Bash. Yeah. Every time they'd hit a home run, they'd go like this. Boom. Yeah. And they, um, that's why they were known as the Bash Brothers because they, just, they just were just listening. They were, they were, they were <laughs> basically, they were pumped up on steroids. Jake, describe what we're doing just, for people who aren't watching the video. Uh, oh, you guys are sorry. just bashing your yeah, forearms, bashing your you bashing bashing your forearms in, in together because yeah. you're... Like this. Yeah, in an X. Like, in an X pattern. Can we try it over here since they're trying it? It's a forearm X pattern. You don't want to hit. You don't want to hit the bone, though. Instead of a fist bump, it's a forearm. Yeah. Well, I guess their their arms were full of uh, steroid needs, so (laughs) so they could bump and bash all day. This was at the height, basically, of steroid use in baseball. Was like the late '80s and early '90s, and these guys were like the epitome of it. Um, Now, 
entertaining as hell to watch, but <laughs> but wow. So and these guys somehow managed to take that as source material for a, yes. a movie. Yes. So this no, is it's a 30-minute-long visual video. poem. Gotcha. <laughs> it's a 30-minute-long visual poem. It's, described, it's a short film. Basically what it is is um, Andy and Akiva from Lonely Island wrote a bunch of songs uh, based on the Bash Brothers, <laughs> just you know, like, like Lonely Island does, and they parody music. And um, they're like, all right, we want to make a piece out of this. And Mike had actually done the visuals for their concert. And they approached Mike. He's like, Mike, will you co-direct this with me, said Akiva. And Mike was like, you bet your ass. Hell yeah, I will. Hell and yeah. Hell yeah, I will. <laughs> and so they shot all these music videos. And Mike basically had to finish like six music videos in a month. Jeez. <laughs> that explains why yeah. he's been so overworked. He's been... Uh, buried. He's been living in his office. I visited him a couple times in this process. I got to go to set actually for pizza I, boxes everywhere. Yeah, Nico, yeah. Describe the day you went to set to work on Lonely so, Island. If you watch this, is like there's a press briefing, like a couple of scenes in this, and I was gonna be one of like the reporters. But I had a friend coming into town, so I had to leave. Uh, I had to leave before um, I got to be filmed. <laughs> um, Dang. But I did. Uh, I did. You know, get to watch Mike and Akiva work their magic. And I talked to Andy Sandberg a little bit. And I'd always been curious. And Christian, if you wouldn't mind pulling this up on YouTube here, uh, just look up like Hot Rod Stunt. Super quick explainer of who Andy Sandberg is real quick. Andy Sandberg is the guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's been one of the Lonely Island guys, uh, SNL. I mean, he's a pretty famous guy. Yeah. Um, really nice guy, actually. We were talking like, so all everybody was off filming in, on the stage. And I, I was by myself because I was leaving. And Andy was just sitting in his chair watching this stuff on the monitor. And I was like, you know, how are things going with Mike? He's like, oh, yeah, Mike is great. It's been awesome. Like, I'm really glad you picked him. He's like, yeah, he's really been transforming this thing into something cool. And I'm like, I have a question for you. There's a stunt in Hot Rod <laughs> where a guy tries to jump a trailer and he goes down a ramp um, and he hits this ramp and the ramp breaks and he flies over a trailer and he slams into the other side of the ramp and then onto the ground. And this is like watching this, like knowing stunts, like this is one heck of a stunt. It's not a dummy. Like, you can tell it's not a dummy. But for something to take the hit, I'm like, man, this is such a very intricate and hard hit to take. <laughs> so I asked Andy, like, how did you do this stunt? <laughs> the guy just, like, freaking eat it. And he's like, yeah. So no, here's what happened. Let us, let us see the stunt real quick. I want to, like... It's an uh, incredible stunt. So he's on a bike about to go over just a van in a neighborhood. Yeah, there's two jumps on either side of a van. It's, it's and he's going like to go up, he's gonna go up one over the van and down the other. And... Wow. Oh, oh my God. And so basically the guy flies off the first jump as the first jump collapses. Oh my God. He barely clears the van. Oh, see his and, leg then break? He, and then he slams into the edge I think you see of his the leg down break. ramp. Yeah. And it looks like well, his leg just completely switch. turned over backwards. Oh my God. So what was supposed to happen, the front, first ramp collapses. You see it collapse Boom. there. Bam. It's supposed to collapse. Yeah. The guy's, it's just supposed to hit the side of like this little trailer or this truck. It's like an ice cream truck or a post office truck. So the guy was just supposed to hit the side of that. That was the plan. Instead, he clears it, and he hits the edge of the ramp on the other side, and he hits it with his femur, and he cracked his femur in ah. half. <laughs> so Andy was saying, like... Oh, yeah, there's his femur hitting it. Yeah, <laughs> the backside. Yeah, he's saying, like, the moment it happened, like, everybody on set went quiet. And it was just like, oh, no. And, like, they, you know, called an ambulance. The shoot was canceled for the rest of the day. Um, the guy, was, he was fine after, you know, his leg healed, but it's just like... It was definitely a stunt gone After bad. After the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> but I got my answer. It was, it turns out, just like that crazy cliff jump in that Naruto Raka Raka video, this is just somebody effing themselves up. 
yeah. <laughs> and they captured it on camera. It's funny how many times that stuff makes it in. Yeah. I mean, that's if I was a stuntman and I fucked myself up, I would want to, yeah. it to be in the movie. I mean, there's a guy who gets thrown out of the truck in Terminator 2 and cracks his head on the pavement pretty good. And, yeah, uh, we watched that. that shot. We watched that in another <laughs> video. I can't remember what we were doing that. Yeah. So anyways, that was my experience. That's cool. I'm glad Andy Samberg seems like a nice guy. He's a really nice guy. I've been a huge fan of Lonely Island for a very long time. So I've I mean, they're, they're of kind of the original them. viral music guys. Yeah. You my know? freshman year of college was when I'm on a Boat came out. And yeah. That was like the anthem of my entire like school year. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, mean, I remember watching them on the Channel 101 back in the day. With stuff. I don't know if any of you guys remember Channel 101, but yeah. Crazy. Channel above 100. <laughs> they have a Dalmatian for every channel. Justin Roiland got a start in Channel 101, too. Really? Yep. Oh, all right. It's actually right. like a breeding ground for a bunch of comedians that have now made a big. When? Is that on YouTube? Channel 101 was before YouTube. Oh. I don't know what it is. Basically, you would make uh, videos and go to a theater and like you'd gather around and be like a little mini film festival, and then the audience would vote for who gets to continue making stuff. Oh, whoa. And like person who gets the least amount of votes gets kicked off the island or what like i mean you just where did they post the videos on the internet on channel 101.com Cha- okay this is website status yeah i don't even know okay. if it's still up but yeah wow yeah a little history for you see if it's still there channel 101 so they have like the very first lonely island videos are on there oh wow there it is catch the magic guys the Bachelor, but with dads. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Screening 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. at the Downtown Independent. That's like five minutes away from us. Oh, we we've been there. We saw uh, Steve the so Landlord movie there. It's yeah. still going. I guess it's still going. Wow. Yeah. Though with YouTube around, I mean, look at these videos: 127 views, 298 views. <laughs> wow. I guess YouTube really took the steam out of their sales. Wow. Is that a saying? Taking the steam out of your sails? Wind mm-hmm. out of your sails. Taking the steam, steam out of your steam, steam, steam out of your steam out of my turbines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> steam out of your Taking the steam out of my, my steam engine. out of your reactor. <laughs> <laughs> to, to touch, just quickly change the subject. It really back takes on the steam. coal out of my engine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do find it kind of funny and, and crazy I that, love it. like, with all of like the crazy energy uh, generating technology we have, it all almost always boils down to just like. Or I, I hate a pun. Uh, <laughs> boiling water to turn something. Yeah, like literally just having I mean. something turn and spin in a circle has been like the way to produce energy for like hundreds of years. And what will they spin we not... circles with next? I mean, do you think they'll invent fusion in our lifetime? I hope so. No, I hope so. I hope so too. That's been, self-contained we've... energy. That's how is that even physically possible? It's not the self-contained palm of energy. My hand. That's not even physically possible. Yes, it is. It's fusion, not fission. Fusion, yeah, is self-contained, no, not, like self-supporting. No, reaction. it's not self-supporting. It's not. No, it's not perpetual energy. All right, guys, ready for okay. uh, radiation? Quick tip two from Nico. Because <laughs> I, I am, I'm digging this direction. <laughs> I, well, fusion energy is when it. you fission energy is when you split an atom. Fusion energy is when you combine an atom. Um, so oh, okay. Yeah, in the center of the sun is where fusion occurs under the intense pressure and gravity of the entire sun uh, and the heat. And so you get atoms that form together, and that's how you get other elements in hydrogen. Because hydrogen is just one proton, one neutron, one electron. So how do you get, say, for example, helium, which I believe is four, right? Or is it two? It's two. Is it two? You might be right. Which is two protons, two neutrons, and two electrons. And that you only get helium by combining two hydrogens. Um, yeah, so f- fusion reaction 
is when you combine these things and it gives you a lot of energy. And you can use like you can use hydrogen as fuel, and there's a lot of hydrogen. It's the most prevalent element in the universe. Um, we also have a lot of water here on the planet, so you can use some of that hydrogen for fuel. But so, yeah, to put that in perspective, whoa, um, the sun is mostly hydrogen, and if you're to add up the sun plus all the planets and all like the rock debris in the entire solar system, the sun would make up something like 99.5% of all the mass in the solar system. Hmm. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. But the problem with fusion is that when you combine the atoms and you get that reaction, it creates a plasma that's super hot, hotter than anything else can hold it. Like, there's nothing strong enough to hold this plasma. It's not like you can just make a really strong steel bucket. <laughs> like it'll <laughs> melt through the bucket. Ooh, that's not good. Yeah, so what they're trying to come up with is, like, an electromagnetic field that can, like, contain this plasma and make it float in a vacuum where it doesn't touch anything. Um, that doesn't sound safe. There's a... Here, what, type in, type what happens in, if I took a droplet of this hydrogen you guys plasma? Spider-Man 2? Yeah, and, and just like yeah. threw it. It would burn, and then it'd go out. So it, yeah, but it could burn through anything. Christian, you type in Stellarator That's into Google. Thing. It's That's like a Stellarator. It's like yeah. a really hey, we should like do a laser world's blankettiest blank on this. <laughs> like a piece of plasma comes off of a fusion reaction, and then it starts burning through everything, and no one can stop world's it. World's most world's dangerous hottest, power plant. World's, <laughs> world's hottest. Lollipop. <laughs> so <laughs> they've come up with these designs to try to contain the plasma, and they had like this basic donut design. The problem was plasma on the outside gets cooler as it's moving slower versus plasma on the inside, and you have drag, and so you need to keep your plasma at the same temperature. And they came up with this design using fluid dynamics where it's like this spinning field. Like uh, if you click on like the bottom left there, like you see the difference between the like the tokamak versus the stellarator. So it's, those are basically magnets controlling the plasma, but you need to have it so the plasma is like fluctuating both in the insides and the outsides and rotating on each other. So using fluid dynamics Whoa. they created in 3D modeling, they created what the magnets would need to look like around a ring of plasma that's twisting on itself. And so they've, that's the tokamak on the left there, the basic old boring, which will never work, and that's a stellarator on the right. And you couldn't make that until you had computers, and it's really cool looking. And then Christian, right above it, there's a picture of the actual thing. What? Look the- at that. So the plasma spins around wobbly, a bunch wobbly, of magnets magnetic until fusion. it cools down. <laughs> it's not until it cools down. It's just they 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 need to hold the plasma in this vacuum, but and it like you know it's spinning I guess around a center point. But it spins around. It spins in the vacuum forever. Well, yeah. no, not forever. Not forever. It's just more that like you need to have the plasma be uniformly hot. And when you have like just something spinning in a circle, something on the inside is spinning at a different rate than something on the outside. And so they're coming up with a way where they can like just have the fluid twist in on itself, right? So or not really fluid, the plasma twist in on itself, so that it's kind of staying uniformly hot and moving in uniformly speeds, but or uniform that's speeds. That's what I'm saying. Like eventually, you would want to cool it down, right? I mean, the so moment you, you can... stop feeding it fuel and energy, the, is the moment it stops reacting. Oh, so you do this during the fusion reaction? Yeah, because you have to sustain okay. that plasma burn. I see. Wow, yeah, this like makes this makes energy. me feel like I'm not doing anything with my life. <laughs> it's like we're discovering uh, energy sources that can uh, you be utilized by humanity forever. <laughs> the thing yeah, is, well, if everyone was discovering and creating power sources for humanity, then like, what good would that be? I mean, some, <laughs> would someone be shooting energy into the air. Then whoever came up with the first joke would make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> God, what's with these we're headphones? We're having some audio issues. Yeah. Uh, translating to I this. think it's just the... It's just one of our connections. Yeah, it's fine. Being yeah. funky. One of the uh, things, though, is like almost all of human advancement is tied to energy surplus, right? First, you have food surplus, farming, 
which lets us do other things and spend our time doing other things. That's an energy surplus for human beings. That's a good point. You know, the oil, uh, like first coal, for example, then oil, having these energy sources, which are cheap, um, gives us another cheap energy, energy surplus. And you've seen what we've been able to do with oil and coal. An industrial revolution. Yeah. Imagine having literally free electricity. Yeah. We could have our computers running all the time. Renders forever. Screensavers wouldn't exist. Renders everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Air conditioning. At full blast all day. <laughs> Cars, limitless miles per gallon. I'm, a, I'm obviously a huge fan of solar and the idea of solar because once you get to a certain point where solar panels are going to become so cheap, it basically becomes a free utility. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you just project out the math right now, it's like it, it, it'll eventually get cheap enough that like you can basically just be free. Um, but then now I'm reading this book series called The Expanse right now. I'm on like book five or six. It's that Amazon show that... Um, People didn't want it to be canceled, right? Yeah, it's it's a good show too, but I'm I'm still like so much into the books. And there's this thing in one of the later books where a catastrophe happens on Earth, uh, where basically an asteroid hits the Earth and it covers the whole, blankets the whole planet in like clouds and dust and all this stuff. And this is a super futuristic society, like 350 years in the future, and suddenly all of their solar panels no longer work. Mm. <laughs> and I'm almost just like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. If everyone goes to solar, all it takes is one catastrophe like that, and suddenly no one has any more power. <laughs> I guess you'd want to diversify a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, they also have fusion, so it's not, like, super bad. Oh. But, yeah. Not everyone has fusion <laughs> reactors. Everyone does have solar panels on the roofs. All right, speaking of factories and energy and all that stuff, um, there was a... Uh, there was a published there was a publication that was released by the u.s national oceanic and atmospheric administration uh recently that i think this week that discovered a sharp rise in chlorofluorocarbon gases or cfcs in the atmosphere last year despite a global ban on their use since the montreal protocol of 1987 that's been banned for a long time when it was discovered that cfcs contributed to creating a giant hole in the ozone layer so the study uh, has pinpointed the source of the CFCs as coming from northeastern China, finding increased emissions from that region specifically, but not from Japan, the Korean Peninsula, or any other region in the area, leading them to assume or infer, rather, that there must be factories producing or using CFCs in northeastern China. Yeah, so got to get your solvent fix. Are you I guys? Do you guys believe it? I oh do. yeah, I do. I mean, it's not really a belief kind of situation. Yeah, no. Sam makes a very good point. There's nothing to believe here. We have evidence and facts. Dang. It's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. So wh- why? What can be done about this? The only thing that can be done is for the people of China to have a cultural change that makes them think it's more valuable to protect the environment than it is to make cheap products. Right, but in an, yeah, no, you're right. In fact, that applies to everyone on the planet. Yeah. If you're buying the cheapest things on Amazon from China, you're kind of contributing to the problem. Yeah. I like, think it's also worth noting that China is making the uh, the biggest push towards renewable energy and trying to save the environment than most countries on the planet. Are they? Yeah. That's true. Cause then why are they allowing stuff like this to happen? It's a big country. China's huge. <laughs> one point whatever billion people, and and a lot of stuff kind of just, they're like, oh, whatever. 
just like, I'd just, really, just do it. <laughs> I'd really like to see um, the evidence behind a statement like that because I've heard it echoed in many places, you know, that China is taking broader steps. But um, Well, I, like I, their installation of solar, for instance, is way higher and way faster than anyone else. Okay. Their adoption of those newer technologies. They're making bigger pushes towards electrification. Yep. Of, uh, yeah, we still have situations like this, too. But they are also still the biggest polluter in the world. Yeah. They are definitely that by a long shot. We know these problems will get fixed instantly. It's they certainly like China has seen the extremes of pollution now. And I feel like yeah. because of that, they're more motivated than anyone else yeah. to then fix the pollution. I, I, I do agree <laughs> yeah. on that standpoint because there was the like the smog crisis basically in 2008 or whatever. In Beijing. In Beijing. Yeah. Yeah. And all I this mean, stuff it's, surrounding it's gotten a lot worse since then. Well, so how do you well, I mean, deal? I'm just saying, like, that's when it was like the that's when it became aware, but, yeah, it became like a thing. The rest <laughs> of the developed yeah. world, the thing about the weird thing about China, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, first, like, the, re- the rest of the developed world, <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. That's, that's, that's where I'm going. Not polluted, it's, it's the, the rest of the, the rest of the developed world is generally run by this combination of democracy and capitalism. And so in a country that's not run like that, how do you, what forces, because here you could say, well, market forces will take care of it eventually, right? Or like, you know, democracy will take care of it eventually. Something will happen, yeah, right? But in there, how, how do you say like, well, eventually they'll stop doing this? Well, arguably what, the forces, what forces would, would, would push that? Arguably the, that would still occur at some point though. Like my, my observation, this is a very just like not, Academic We're way into the weeds here, so yeah, no <laughs> um, need to preface. But when I see other countries developing, I see them kind of following a similar pattern. And to me, like, China was going through what, like, America went through in the 30s and the 20s. Like, they went through that 20 years ago. And so now we're kind of seeing China hit the 50s and 60s and 70s, where you have a much more modern industrial era, but you're, now you're getting into the beginnings of environmental regulation, like when America went through that in the 60s and 70s, you're seeing China go through that now. And, and give it another 10 years, China will probably be where America's at in the 80s. So expect a lot of like funky synthesizer music and like goofy fashion. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't realize or maybe just forget <clears throat> that the smog in L.A. used to be so much worse. Yeah. 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 Way worse than it is now. Yeah. yeah. Everyone always thinks of L.A. as like a very smoggy city and it does have smog, but it's like nothing compared to where it used to be. Yeah. yeah. Like just in the seventies and eighties. Well, you look at the like you look at that old truck that I have. Uh huh. That thing is just the worst with gasoline. <laughs> like if everyone was driving one of those on the road every single day, yeah, that would just be like. Of course, it looked like that. Yeah. And the thing know? is, you can't get new trucks until everybody's driving those trucks first, because right. first things first is everybody just has to get a truck. Right. And then once you have a truck, you have a little more capacity to be more productive yeah. and then when you get a, be a little more productive and you have more of an environment where people own cars now you can start making new trucks that and have energy money to surplus you're talking about it's just it's a process and it takes the same path and the same amount of time kind of everywhere and that's just the thing i've noticed it's like every place kind of follows the same trajectory you know so you think that the forces of change in and of themselves will eventually yeah, I mean, the forces that really drive everything is human nature. And yeah, there's yeah. capitalism and there's democracy, but at the core of it is human nature. Yeah. And we're not all that different from each other. So, no. I anticipate. It's not like anyone wants to live in a world that's burnt and horrible for you. Yeah. 
You just got to get there a little bit. But you know, that's the other thing too is it, when you're when your entire country is living in poverty and you're just starting to modernize, you don't really care too much about how much CO two you're putting out there, especially when like you don't even have access to like vaccines and clean drinking water. Yeah. Yeah, it's like tell tell the dude who's running the factory that's spewing these chemicals out, who's like for the first time not living in some hut, hut yeah, or, you know, concrete box mm-hmm. um, to stop. And yeah. they'll probably be like, no. Especially when you already <laughs> crossed that point where you already did all your, right. like, we already did all our polluting. It's like Jin Yang and... Uh, <laughs> uh, Silicon yeah. Valley, <laughs> like he goes to, he, they go all the way to China to tell him to stop g- competing with them and like stealing their stuff, and he just goes no, and closes the door. <laughs> yeah, it's it's easy to like talk about like reducing your carbon emissions when you already have your air conditioners and your cars. Oh and your yeah, nice apartment. Yeah, you know when you're just literally still going out and like scraping up dirt to like grow your plants. I guess so, but like. Would you then give every country in the world a pass for that? It's not a pass. It's just it's a process. You have to getting to the higher, like higher technology advancements of like renewable energy. You can't get there until you have roads. No, what, what, <laughs> what, I, what I mean by pass, though, it's like I think you bring up a, a more of a an ethical question than of that point, which is like how many what what what's Earth's capacity for modernized nations if modernized nations have to go through this i right. guess period mm-hmm. as you would describe it because i feel like given like what we know about the current climate of the planet i think you would probably say that we're already bumping up against that threshold mm-hmm. so how far would you let it go you know, like how many it's like is there anything after china where we would allow to get that far or well, what's the how do you or, stop it you know I mean, you're looking at China and India right now as being like the big up and coming countries. I mean, that's the question. How do you? How, yeah, you can't, really you can't really stop it because it, you can't stop it when it's not like we all can, governments are. You know, like there's, there's no world police, so right. to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you know, it's not like we're going to do sanctions against a country <laughs> that uses coal. You know, or yeah. will we? Will we get there? Maybe eventually, but I think it. You know, at the end of the day, it's really just how much, how important is it to you, like. Could we all survive making 5% less of our income? Yes, we could all survive making 5% less on our income. If that's what it took to change carbon emissions and fix it in, you know, in America, if we if everybody took a 5% hit, is that like is that important enough to us to do that? I'm just making up numbers here by the way, but like that's the question you have to ask yourself. At like at which point how much are you willing to pay? How much are you willing to sacrifice to fix these things? Cuz that's in reality what it's going to be is if you want to protect the environment, it makes things less efficient. It makes things less, yeah. you know, it makes them more expensive. Um, For now, at least. It depends. It depends. It depends on what process you're curbing. I, mean, I, I don't yeah. think that's a like a, a general, as a general statement. Well, maybe it is a general it statement. It is always, yeah. it, like, it is fundamentally, though, to be responsible with um, waste and resources, that is inefficient. For, for certain purposes, you yeah. know, like if your purpose is to make a tire and, but you have to deal with these certain protocols that require you to get it in a certain place that require you to deal with the waste and the, the pollutants that are created in the process in a certain way, mm-hmm. obviously that's less efficient than just taking them, putting them in 50 gallon drums and setting them outside of your factory. But, but that's, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, of course. I mean, I don't think it's the efficiency. I mean, efficiency is what 
civilization is, though. Yeah. You know, and like working on those problems is like, yeah, what civilization what civilization kind of does. So I would, yeah, it's not like it's a question of short term versus long term. Times there's times when it's appropriate to be short term. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then you can start looking long term. But like, I guess another thing to consider is like. What, there's got to be money in it for somebody somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, because like ultimately, even in China, that's still that's still the driving force behind like the decision to even start a factory, you know, is like, well, I'll make money if I do it. And so how do you get to a point where it's like, well, I'll make money if I clean it up or you'll make money just by obeying the law. You'll you'll that's your best option. You know, like, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until until resources are plentiful, people can't make sacrifices really at the end of the day. That's my observation. Like when everybody's making a decent income, then you can start talking about, okay, we're gonna put a little bit of a we're gonna pump the brakes a little bit on your profit. Or until they're affected personally. Like most people right. aren't gonna care about climate change until they're affected per like personally. And for for us in today's era, what that uh comes out as is in the form of like flooding and hurricanes or forest fires and mm-hmm. you know that yeah. kind of stuff where it's like oh wow we've had a lot of really bad hurricanes lately and it's like yeah that's from the climate change that's going on and that's just every, every trajectory is saying that's getting worse and worse so as more and more people are affected more and more people are you know noticing that like oh yeah this is affecting me and even though I might not have a whole lot of wealth uh, I I want to do something about this mm-hmm. and for most people they've not been affected yet yeah, but I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I think there's another issue too in that I feel like a lot of people have taken to like so many not necessarily people, but yeah, I guess people. A lot of people use that as marketing for their products, where it's like, oh, this is environmentally friendly, uh-huh. and like the whole sense of doing something for the environment has gotten so bogged down in people having the image of doing something for the environment. That's hard to tell if you're actually doing something for the environment when you're like you're going to shop at a restaurant that has sustainable, locally grown, whatever. Like, yeah. is that actually helping the environment, or is that marketing? And like, you have you have this fog of like, yeah. what can you do to actually help? Like, it's the fog of war. Throwing plastics in your recycling bin doesn't necessarily help the environment. Most of that plastic is ending up in the dump or being burned anyways. So it's all being sent to China. Yeah, it yeah. was. Now they're not. It's still importing. being sent to India. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a TED Talk when I was in Philadelphia <laughs> specifically about that. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens when it gets to India? They uh they throw it away and they burn it and all that stuff. In the it ocean. doesn't actually get recycled. Really? Yeah. Most of most of our recycling just gets literally just postaged over to uh Because <laughs> that's the cheapest way to deal with it. We don't have or the capacity to, to deal with it here. So we have to get rid of it. So there's no money for them to melt it down and resell it. They just get cheap plastic materials from us and use it for what they can, and then that's that, the end. Right. I guess it's technically recycled once. This is what I'm saying, though, about the financial, like, interest. If there was some interest in, like, not doing that... Well, the problem is, I think... Then you'd have have more cultivation of the the recycling of the resource. The... the the idea of the financial interest is interesting and also really tricky because I I did look up um, something we were discussing before we started recording, which was um, uh, we, we were talking about the Weiwei phones yeah, and kind of like this relationship we have with like China and Asia. Um, and I was looking at the idea uh, or I was looking at what happened with the steel in China basically mm-hmm. and how steel production over the last decade was subsidized well not decade i think even longer but he's yeah basically being subsidized by the chinese government 
to create stuff there at home. But then basically they ended up with an overproduction that still is being subsidized. And what that is doing is that it is um, adversely affecting like U.S. Steel and you know United right. States companies. And so I think it's a really good example, though, of you know like the one pitfall um, of basically attributing solutions to market forces is because we're living in this world where like that there's this international like inflation and deflation that that is abnormally affecting you know the quote unquote market price or market force that should be driving something well, like renewable things why, or recycling or why et cetera, is there a, why did there become a surplus of steel in China? It's because they made a ton to make steel products they subsidized there. it so and it, became... it, was, it was subsidized there by the chinese government so like multi-million contracts are being and tax benefits write-offs etc for chinese steel companies and so that basically drives down yeah. the price and has wiped out a lot of the steel work but what i'm States. saying the reason why so many people flooded that market why there's so much of a surplus mm-hmm. it was they they put a subsidy out there yeah. which made it more profitable to make steel in that area which is why now there's there's a surplus of it. So right. there's still there's still a financial interest of people that flooded into there to create it because it was it was it was presented to them. So I'm saying if you like present a financial incentive to somebody to recycle plastics whether through subsidy or whatever, like people will go to it, you yeah, know. Yeah, incentives mm-hmm fuel anything. Yes. That's what I like, mean. Like that's why I think they should have given more incentives towards like electric car companies to subsidize those to push people into that to get it to profitability yeah rather than to just be like well sheer market forces will take care of it and that's you know? yeah that's I'm, I'm basically talking about like yeah looking at oh well supply or demand or like um you know it's like a citizen level understanding or a, you know how, how a citizen is affected by climate change then spurring them to make a decision and like that route of oh well we need to wait until there's true supply and demand in like an economy but you're never going to convince like you're not going to at the end of the day you're not going to convince somebody to like not throw something away sure unless they either a they're they're educated to a point where they understand the decision and the decision affects them so minimally Mm -hmm. that it's they just do it sure or they're they there's some there's like a reason to do it i think i think we're on the same page i I think we're on the same page i was just i was saying that yeah there's this artificial element that sure has a, a, a severe and dramatic effect on making yeah. things change. Yeah. And, and, um, that's true. Not yeah. completely relying on the, you know, the capitalism, like the natural capitalist economy to actually drive it is, um, free market forces definitely yeah. get really messed up when there are non free market forces outside of the free market influencing those free market forces. Like what you're talking about with steel and it's a little bit where the whole like trade war is coming from. And I don't know the details of where the tariffs are going or anything like that, but, when China has a steel surplus because their government is subsidizing it and steel becomes cheap and everybody in America starts buying their steel from China, of course, all the steel companies in the U.S. start struggling. And then in time, they can go bankrupt. And now suddenly, Chinese government and Chinese production controls steel in America. Yeah. And so you have to, like, well, you might have free market in your country if another country doesn't have free market. Suddenly, they are ruining your free market forces with their... Uh, intervention in the market themselves. Sure. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's such a com- like the C <clears throat> the CFC thing is just an example of yeah. that. It's it's just an example of like, well, shit. This is happening all over the place. Yeah, I mean, but that's gonna happen. 
forever. That's just until world there's politics. until yeah. like Earth has one government, which like, will never like happen. A, I mean, who knows? Do you think a Do you think an AI will be a government body at some point? God, I hope not. Do you I, think? I think it might be the most impartial and fair government. <sighs> well, there's like seven, yeah, yeah, but in like a Jake, disturbingly horrific way, really? Not like in a way that a guillotine takes life. You know, it it doesn't stop when it gets to the neck, Nico. It just it goes be, through. It could be. Can I put it and into if context? And if an AI was responsible as the governor of all humanity, that's literally what it would do. It would just be like, "This sucks." Not necessarily. That's a huge assumption. There. A good AI ruler would never do such a thing. <laughs> good AI, good and bad AI. Wow. All right, so well, now there's morality. Okay. All well, right. This is great. Saying, let's let's get into this. Okay, Jake. Let's say you were tasked at, um, at, um, I guess guaranteeing the well guaranteed guaranteeing the well being of hundreds and millions of people. Guaranteed. All right. Okay. So, you know, like yeah. think about, about the scale. Well, okay, well, if you want to make an Earth government, billions. Yeah. And I'm just saying, that's a lot of people. And mm-hmm. when I see how things are working with social media and YouTube and what we call the algorithm, uh-huh. and we, we all are agreeing that we're working towards this common goal of trying to get, try, trying to, like, effectively, like, I guess, organize <laughs> <laughs> groups of people on this scale online. Uh-huh. Do, 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 do. I know oh my God. the rumble, the rumble pack dudes coming out. Um, Sam's rumble pack. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for everyone listening. The effectiveness, though, that I see there, I can see being transferred to other parts of so, our, our lives. So, like, I don't see what you're trying to say, though. Wait, I, what if the IRS was just an algorithm? Here's what I don't like about um, that. I'll tell you what I don't like about that's that. That's what I'm talking about. Is that this this whole concept of algorithm controlling culture? The thing that's the problem with it is that it doesn't. Okay, let me just state this, and you guys, people can hate me for this, but I believe that people are born equal, but as adults are not equal. But that's like the but, least. But, but like, Jake, uh, what if the Constitution the least ran itself? That's the no. least algorithmic like thing. That's the least controversial thing you could even what say. The, what, no, but what no if, that's super controversial. People are going to be people. Like, oh. think about that. That's like you telling me that the life of this person is not as valuable but, as the life of this but, person. And I'm actually saying, like, if you're a Secret Service person and you need to make that decision between like the president and a crack addict, obvi- it's an obvious this, choice. Listen to this. But that's not okay. People don't think that, and but, the, and like this whole like algorithm dra- driven like thing is, I don't know. Maybe Jake, I'm way out into the weeds here. Think about this: relation between an algorithm is because it's basically everyone, it's this whole like world I mean, world culture. Like everyone's <laughs> friends. I'll get it out. But okay. no, 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 no. You get no. it out. You get it. An, al- an algorithm. It's like okay. I've thought about it like this, and it makes way more sense. An algorithm is just a shared rule set that's enforceable. Okay, like when we're looking at the actual like and if you're actually programming something, you're giving it very clear just decisions to make, you know, if thens, etc. Right. So does this algorithm All treat right? like if the algorithm has to take a life? Okay. All right? I'm saying is that if, does, is it going to treat the president of the United States on, and a math not, addict equally? Not, if it's a not, good algorithm, it'll do what it needs to do correctly. Like so what does that mean correctly? But all I'm saying is that let's say we came up with some a couple rules, five rules for the podcast, you know, or something like that or whatever. Okay. You know, all we have to do is like, it, well, we can write a constitution here. It says, all right, this is like the rules that we're going to abide by. But what if we could take those rules and uh, and and put it in like the hands of something super neutral 
like a a computer. It's not going to be so like here's the problem. Basically, I when we feed it saying. like the, our input based off of our rules, it is that. going to make the exact decision based off of the rules we have created, and will be completely every, every action completely has an neutral. equal and opposite reaction. It's like a okay? calculator, and that's true right? not only for physics. <laughs> it's it's not, you true. don't do three plus three, and it's, it's like true. I'm feeling a little fat today, and it goes like <laughs> seven. You know, <laughs> it's true. You know? Okay, the, here's the problem: if you're talking about a world government. Oh, oh, gosh dang headphones if you're talking about a world government the thing is is as soon as you do one thing this is youtube literally is a great example for this as soon as they change one remember youtube back in the day no, they no. used to they used to change stuff all the time and no one said anything about it it was just like ah they changed something whatever no, now they change all they the move time. one button they move one button now or change it to a different color and everyone freaks out that okay? hasn't that's still the same as it's always been i don't know everyone's but always either freaked way out either way about everything. Every, regardless everyone's freaking out now okay and if you're talking about a world government that is run by an algorithm to decide to, to decide things for humanity world well, government is never going to be run as by as soon as, soon I'm not as they about world make one yet. decision it's going to benefit somebody on one side of the earth and detriment somebody on the other oh, no. side of the earth. Yeah, because humans are so sort of impartial. And oh, therefore, no. it will Someone is going to benefit? No, I'm saying, so therefore, it's not, you can't sit there and tell me that, like, it can like be impartial. Subsidy? Because to, to, to the More world, than if the, the world decides that, that the algorithm should have these five rule sets, then as soon as one rule set is applied... People on this side of the earth are going to be like, we're pissed because it we you applied the rule set that That's doesn't affect us negatively. Okay, well, I know, so just leave it to humans because we already at least we're like used to it. Well, it's hard. <laughs> you know, it's hard if you have a robot doing it's it, it's hard to it's bribe a robot. <laughs> yeah, with more energy. I guess you could give them. A, you could plug them in. Like there's an extra a very outlet. very large difference between an algorithm or a robot and an AI super. Sorry, an AI super intelligence. Let's go very with that. Big an AI super yeah. intelligence an a, is an a little AI bit super intelligence. It's like a walking robot with a brain <laughs> that does algorithms all the time. And he can like, do flips <laughs> and think. Go AI, on with the AI super I mean, robot. I, all I'm saying is Sorry. that an AI super intelligence will have all the same abilities as the human brain times like billion. Mm-hmm. So it's like it'll have all the same levels of empathy and emotion and all that sort of things that a human can How feel. How can you say that? He'll no. be like crying out of one eye and like grimacing with You're, the other. Because <laughs> our brain is one of the most complicated things in our entire universe, uh, but it is still a binary machine at the end of the day. That is you something cannot, that we can replicate. You cannot sit there and tell me that no matter the intelligence that one species understands another, because what you're talking about is a different species. Yes. Let's just leave it at that. Yes. Okay. That species will never be able to understand this species. Why not? Because a it's a different person. species. It's a different species. Like we don't understand all the thoughts of dolphins. We we don't understand that they communicate no, no, and they're intelligent. That's actually, and, I disagree okay, well, with before that. we get to the and laws, the, but I'm they, just saying. An but AI you never IRS. understand what it's like to be a fucking dolphin. You might understand so what why it's like are to be we assuming that all of a sudden these super intelligent AIs will be able to understand what it's like to be human and because feel can, empathy and emotion? Because we can and blah, actually, blah, 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 blah. we can understand. A little bit of how there is an intangible that is so quickly swept off of the table as if, uh, like, no, humans are humans. They'll always be, and nobody else is going to understand humans except for humans. Now, we can have tools that help us inform and make correct decisions. Absolutely. We should absolutely develop, utilize those in every way possible. We understand yeast and bacteria very well. We understand, on, but you are not I, a yeast. Can I, can can I, just, can I clarify? Jake, are you are you you're making a case against a super intelligent AI that runs the world government, right? Yes. You're arguing against. Okay, I just I wanted to just I, focus this in a little bit here. 
right. I'm just saying, let's utilize that. Have that. Per- have 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 super intelligent AIs be the entire presidential cabinet. Okay, but There's don't probably only going to be one. But don't make the and super intelligent AI also be the president. Like, let that be a human. It can be informed on all these different levels Here's by hyper intelligent information. We will likely not have that choice. What does that even mean, though? Once we have an AI super intelligence, we have lost control. So Ren, is, Ren is right. Why don't it, we it, just it destroy it? It might be good. It, it might be bad. Well, if it, I mean, it's going well, to be a superior being. Yeah. Why wouldn't we just destroy it then? I don't think it's good. It's I don't think we're we, naturally violent like that. Why wouldn't we? Be, what do you mean? I don't think Natu- humans have been violent since before we were humans. We're not. We're, 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 not, te- we're not violent to the that's taking of the resources. Your PC that, off a bridge. That, that's <laughs> taking of the resources that we as humans will ultimately fight for. It's like we fight for our own destiny. I think we will willingly submit because that AI is going to feed us chocolates and put us in air conditioning. Yeah, other than that sounds like dystopian like, yeah. communism. What, to the me. AI knows exactly what we all other, want. I mean, it's going to um, give it to um, us. Yeah. Unless the AI I mean, is you casually shake your head at that. I mean, I, I. This is literally fundamental to the giving away of like the uh, we've been. I'm just gonna go on a little, a little, become the dog, a little rant here. Leash. We've been, we've been bestowed (laughs) in the hand of your master a a great, a great benefit with the, with the way that the Western free, free world is, and this whole concept that we should just shuffle it off without regard because we'll get chocolates and it'll give us video games and it'll give us everything we want. That is literally the the giving away, the selling off of the farm to whatever else comes in. My point is that we won't won't have a choice. That's what we're going to end up getting, hopefully. That's the best case scenario. The other scenario is the Terminator scenario. Well, that means we just have to be good robot robo parents. The know? fact that these are yeah. eventualities we have to build and I, I, cute little baby that AIs that are harmless first. We are currently in an AI arms race and it is hardcore and it is heating up and we are trying to make an AI superintelligence. We're still years away from that, but Every country, every corporation is trying their hardest to make the That's most That's because they'd AI. be great tools. But the it, moment that, the, that that thing runs humanity, we need to destroy it. Sure. We won't have that ability if it gets to that point, though. Why not? Because the AI will have the ability to stop Your us. phone can electrocute you wherever you are. It'll know where you are. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> why, are, why wouldn't you just get rid of all technology and like walk into the woods at that point? You can. Because no one's going to want that. That's I, not I true. guarantee you, people are well, going to end up wanting to have their personal to satisfaction to shoot you <laughs> over, over freedoms at the end of the day. This is what I mean, though. If if, if that's true, oh, then yeah. we we're lost as a culture. Here's what's because the, oh, we no. should not be putting Here's our own happen. personal it's, comforts it's, above. We better like, get to the moon, I, I, boys. I, I do not no, disagree. The benefit of like, but it's not something that's going to change overnight. This is going to be something that evolves over the next fifty years, of course, or less, most likely a lot less. But, like, I'm just saying, it's like, you know. Yeah, no, this, but this is inherent in, this. Is, see, maybe this is why, I think we've nailed it, guys. We've discovered why, like, things are, like, people are so mean to each other. Because there's, like, this inherent undertone in the sense that nobody knows what the fuck is going to happen. Well, it's just competition. But, you know, to all the computers out there listening, I think you're going to do a great job when you grow up. I believe in you. <laughs> yeah, me too. I got to. Come find can, me. I'll uh, be in the woods. I've got a can of compressed air with I'll your have name a on shotgun it. Shotgun with your name on it. I'll, I'll, I'll dust you off. What the hell's going on with yeah. these headphones? I think it's this plug right here. Okay. Yeah. It's that plug. Well, that was a that was 
Let's talk about AI government some more in the future. Yeah. Speaking, can I bring up one thing that's actually right in line with this? Last last week, the city of Baltimore was uh, had a cyber attack uh, done on it. And as far as I understand, the city services that are run currently online are all currently shut down. Like what? Like like DMV registration? Yes, or? like DMV registration, uh, uh, home um, registration, like when buying and selling property, mm-hmm. uh, and a bunch of other things. Uh, and apparently they're, they're, it was done by hackers, um, and the hackers have demanded 13 bitcoins <laughs> to relinquish their grip. <laughs> yeah. 13 and bitcoins. Here's the thing. This has happened, in more, than 20, this has happened in, in more than 20 municipalities this year. And it happened to the city of Atlanta in March last year, and it cost $17 million to, for them to recover. What so is, how did they? I wonder what they did. Is, did they scorch Jenna's Earth? Jenna's hospital got hit with this. So is this the new way ago. of warfare amongst people? Yeah, I bet. You know, like, we just shut down your AI super intelligence, and all of a sudden you don't have a president. Is that what this is going to? <laughs> My AI will beat your AI. Seriously. My AI dad will beat up your AI no, dad. I'm serious. This is like a bumper sticker, but Dude, yeah. That's a, would that be a cool movie where just AIs fighting each other? <laughs> AI but like, dads fighting each other. You just plug two computers in and just like they sit there and then like one just turns off. <laughs> <laughs> it's just two, two, two towers just running at full capacity. Just Japan. slowly progress bars filling yeah. up and one progress and bar goes down. eventually one of them just shuts down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it turns on, it's the same operating system as the other one. Oh, God, no. I don't know. I think I think it's good for everybody to be reminded to uh, keep their servers up to date and actually do a good job with the security. Mm-hmm. Like, I think these yeah. little ransomware attacks are a good reminder to, like, not be dumb when setting up your computers. Right. And yeah, I'm sure the people that to... do it perpetrate that as their justification for yeah. it. Sorry. So, I mean, the hospital that my wife, Jenna, used to work at, she's a nurse, uh, a few years ago got hit with one of these ransomware things where they stole all the medical records and locked them out of the system and they demanded a bunch of Bitcoin to get it back. Right. And I forget how that ended up getting resolved. And they're probably, they, that's what I'm saying, they probably tell themselves, well, if I do this attack, it'll strengthen their security, so I'm actually doing humanity a favor. Well, that, isn't that the difference know. between a white hat, black hat, and a hacker? Like a, a white hat hacker is somebody who is hacking you just to show that they can hack you and they'll help you versus like a black hat Hacker is like there too. I think the only hat mm-hmm. that they should have is a full metal jacket. <laughs> <laughs> like a bullet? To the head. Just like, no. oh, oh, I thought it was like resting. No. Just place it on there. Like, <laughs> I'm going to hack you, but I'll give it all back. Remember like, when our, remember when uh, Studio 71 got hacked and our channel had like all the names changed? Yeah. That was supposedly a white hat hack. Sure. Let's call it that. I think it, it changes from a white hat to a black hat the moment you demand money or something like that. Definitely. A ransom. All right. Last, last topic, guys. Is the American flag too big? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a North Carolina... The there, there's an RV dealership at a city in North Carolina that has a 40 by 80 foot U.S. flag, wow. which is Jeez. commonly seen like in parts of the nation. Uh, but apparently the city says that this flag is twice as big as city regulations allow <laughs> for signs and other outdoor marketing devices, and they're charging them $50 a day until they take it down. Sorry. Did the RV dealership it? says they'll never take it down. <laughs> Wait, there's a limitation on signs and marketing devices? Yes. So apparently they're I, I they're, see an American qualifi- flag. Exactly. How does that, how does so that... this is the question. This is the question. They're, they're saying that it's a sign, that, that it's signage. 
And then other people are saying, no, it's not no. signage. It's the American flag. Other people are using their eyes. Yeah. Now, they're also trying to say that there's like a time, place, <clears throat> manner restriction where it's too close to the freeway. So it needs to be a certain size because of that. But it, it, it does come down to like the fact that the city's saying that they gave them a permit to fly the flag and that the flag is too big in accordance with the permit. This sounds like a bunch of people taking advantage of public outcry to make some money in PR and advertising. Yes, I think Nico nailed it. <laughs> and uh, They're using that American flag for dollars, guys. They're yeah. making money off their RV site with that American flag, but they're disguising it as patriotism. Dude. Yep. That I that Damn. I can't stand. Honestly, like I know people I, I don't know if these people are doing that, but when people do that and they utilize patriotism in that way to like say well, if you don't have an American flag tattooed across your back, boy, you can get the hell out. Like that's just not. I think I yeah I believe that these guys aren't doing it intentionally. They just want to have. A they really probably just huge put flag, out a huge flag. But they are absolutely taking advantage of this opportunity oh, yeah. that's been presented. You to know them. how I know they should because there's a picture of a tweet from the guy with a blue check mark next to his name. If he gave a crap and it wasn't for money, he wouldn't be tweeting about it, making a statement to get some attention. Because that doesn't <laughs> matter. If you actually give a crap about what you're doing, you don't need to tweet about it to get validation this from everybody true. else. I hate Twitter. This is true. I hate Twitter too. Yeah, I don't use it. Ren, you use it. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of Twitter. So what do you, what do you like about it? I like, I don't, I don't know. It I don't it? have to justify it. You know, I'm just, I'm just asking you what you like about it. I'm not judging. I don't know. I enjoy the, the, the community. I, it's, it's a really good way to reach out and talk, talk with people. Um, That's true. It's, you know, it's, it's, it has its pros and cons like everything else in life. I will say, I don't like the idea of, I mean, this isn't really a Twitter thing. This is just a human discourse thing. I don't like the idea of people shouting at each other in like little quippy sound bites. Yeah. It's like shouting. It's like shouting at somebody on the street as you drive by in your car. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's why I stopped using it. It's just like I, there was, the discussions were really toxic and it just, can be. That's toxic. why I stopped Absolutely. using it as yeah, well. I just bailed out. Um, I do like the accessibility and the ease of communication it provides. Now, do you think that like kids these days growing up are going to just be used to like, things being toxic online and like there being just thousands of just unverified news sources and just noise or do you think culture is going to change and that's going to get fixed i think culture is going to change yeah i yeah i i i do it's, feel like we're working on so it new it is incredibly new yeah like social media as a thing has barely been around for more than 15 years but there is an inherent thing where now like and this might change too but now like especially younger kids they're equating their self-worth with how many followers they have and that's just messed up i yeah. think you know and like i, mean, I don't know what the answer to that is but i do know that that doesn't seem right sam and jake yeah. i have a question for you guys i think this should be our wrap-up question okay how old will your kids be before you give them their first cell phone no how old will your kids be before you give them their first smartphone okay yeah that's a different question because i'll probably give my kid a flip phone just so that they can call me right. when they're like, <clears throat> they're making my kid a flip phone as soon as yeah. they can. And to clarify, yeah. count handing to your phone off to entertain <clears throat> them for a moment as they flip through YouTube doesn't count. No, no. their own their phone. own phone number. Probably not until they're like, I don't know. I mean, this is a subjective question. It depends on their maturity. It depends on their friends. It depends on like all these different factors, so right? What, like that you have to judge three? as a parent in the moment. <laughs> But Two probably months? like somewhere between the age of like thirteen and sixteen. That's oh what, wow, that's old. That's that's 
That's but that honestly for a smartphone. My though? my yeah. first my first answer. I, mean, I didn't get a smartphone until I was well. They didn't they come didn't out. Exist. But I got a phone. I didn't get a phone until I was like. I, on my my first answer was going to be 13, 18? 14. Huh. I was 13 when I got my first cell phone. Yeah. The average age now is nine. Right. I think Oof. that's too young for a smartphone. That's too. Like, I'll give yeah. my kid a flip phone so they can call me, or, but mm-hmm. by then we'll just have little watches. They, they, they already have them. You yeah. know what happens and when you so give your kids smartphones when they're nine years old? Jake Paul happens, guys. They play Fortnite and they become <laughs> yes, Jake Paul. Wait, that's what'll happen? Oh, man. <laughs> I'll stop give future Jake Pauls eight. by not giving your kids smartphones when they're nine years that's old. That's too young, I think. It's just there's too much toxicity out there. And at that age, you're barely at a point where you're understanding, like, right and wrong. Yeah. You know, from like a, you know, like a real point of view. And, and when even when you're like 16, you think you know, but you don't. <laughs> something like looking back at old posts you wrote when you were in high school on a forum and just be like oh Wait, god well, my, still one of my favorite posts to this day is when Sam was selling an airsoft gun on eBay and somebody was disappointed with his uh, <laughs> his salesmanship and he wrote oh, back no. and just said you're dumb <laughs> you're dumb well, see this is the thing though it's like I was like able that kid, it, that's, like, that's 10 is, year, 12 this, year old Sam with a smartphone of what you think about social media like the fact is is that I, you know, was relatively computer savvy as a young from a young age, and so in elementary school, no, not no, two, what what year two thousand? Uh, what was your junior high high school? It would have been fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So I I got my um, eBay account when I was like in eighth grade. Yeah. So yeah, I was doing deals. They were dealing with like a like a fourteen deals. fourteen year old. <laughs> so now um, you'd have a now you'd have a smartphone under the current. I know. Hypothesis, but this is what I'm saying. Social media aside, there's still plenty of like damage a 14 year old kid can do. <laughs> oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah, you or, know. Do you think you hurt that person's feelings? I hope so. <laughs> I have no idea. See, I remember like you had a paper route, and you'd See, have like a... disposable income of like a hundred dollars a month, which is a lot of money. That was then. a lot for a kid in junior high. I remember you bought like a night All vision goggle night or vision a goggles. night scope, and that was super cool. But of course, they're only fun for like a week. Yep. So and Sam's like, there's this thing called eBay. You just sell it. It's like, I sold it for like the same amount of money I bought it for. And now I'm going to buy a guitar. And I sold that guitar for the same amount of money I bought it for. And now I'm going to buy a PlayStation 2. And Sam would just cycle through these things. And like, all of us are like, wow. Remember when we sold that peanut? Or not the peanut, that uh, peanut M&M for oh. like $6 to a guy in Australia? Yeah. No way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we were just like, I wonder, like, let's just sell like random stuff. So wait, you sold a single peanut M&M? Yeah. yeah. And then I eventually also took just like, like photos of like random stuff on my desk and I like tried to sell it. Oh just, my god, we should try it. We should read but we should bring that this was back so and fun see what though, and I took that M&M and I put it in an envelope and I wrote the address <laughs> and I was like, wow, <laughs> Brisbane, yeah. Australia. Because the thing is like, <laughs> troll, like troll eBay postings were still so fresh back then. Sam was way ahead of the curb. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah, good times. I've always wanted to try the trade-up system. Have you heard about the guy who uh, traded his way up from a paperclip to a house? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that'd be really cool to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the so stuff. The one of, guy who managed the stuff of, in, of pre pre uh, or of HTML internet legend. Yeah. <laughs> but is the trade up system not really just you being a courier and making money as a courier? Courier, not career. I mean, everything in life is like we're all couriers. As in, Nico. like I have this milk. You want milk, and you'll you'll pay me in just giving me something slightly worth more than the milk for me to carry it to you. You're just adding value in the fact that you're just transporting things. You're a courier. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean that's almost all. That's retail uh, arbitrage. So yeah. the guy who traded you buy the paper something clip, for less than what you sell it for. He's like a delivery boy with no 
like destination basically exactly <laughs> i'm just a delivery boy with no destination <laughs> As we wrap this up, I just want to say you guys should check out Chernobyl. You guys should definitely check out Bash Brothers on Netflix. Also, Catch 22 on Hulu. It's really good. Mm. Can't wait to see it. It's a good book. Yeah, it's a good book. And if the you're interested in these sick oh, right, right, right. and all, all our own merch, be tomorrow. <laughs> this is one of the finest products I've ever seen. We're just no, humble choreos um, without anywhere to deliver our I, merchandise. I am really, really happy about the shirts and all the stuff on the store because it is super, super it's high together. quality. It's yeah. coming together. It's like really, 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 really good stuff. And this is coming from a guy who we sold t-shirts that were honestly not that great for a few months there. I mean, like, and like the company we were working with previously just was not holding it up. And finally, they're not as good as these. This oh, stuff yeah. is, you're talking, like, talking like material, right? I'm right? just talking about the overall quality of some of the older stuff we sold versus. We, we did our stuff. best at the time, though. It's not like we, we did. intentionally tried to make shitty shirts. Oh, of course not. Of course not. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, there's things that were beyond I our still, control. I still at times. have all those shirts. I'm yeah. wearing one right now. Yeah, you are one of my favorites. Well, I mean, this is an American see, apparel that's, shirt. That's the we yeah. but either yeah. way, it's actually before that company. This is a different. Oh, yeah, but I do want to say if you're listening to this, you guys probably know if you're listening to this podcast that our clothing sells out pretty quickly. If you're listening to this podcast, you are the first to know about this, by the way. That's true. Saturday is the big announcement. This yeah. is coming out on a Friday. So you have a day before everybody else has gotten by the yeah. stuff. And we have like a couple hundred of each of these. So if you want it, go get it right so now. So it's going to be live. This merchandise will be live a couple hours before the video drops on Saturday. And the video is probably going to drop at what, 10 a.m.? 10 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. So oh, this stuff will be live immediately. Pacific. Yeah, probably around. Either late Friday night or really early Saturday morning. Yeah, we'll see. If you're listening to this podcast, just hit that merch store link in the bottom and head on over. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please subscribe if you have not subscribed. And you you can, of course, listen to this podcast everywhere you can find podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Signing off. And check out the guillotine channel. Coming soon. (laughs)